morning. Stand up. Let's sing this out. Words where love builds bridges that cannot be burned. Speaks truth that cannot be learned. It's a treasure we can never earn. It goes places we're afraid of going. It's not a fist, it's a hand wide open. Reaching out to the down and broken, broken. Sing this out. you're here everybody it's a good day to come and worship the Lord Oh 
God, that is absolutely the prayer of our heart. We show up to this place um, because we want more of you and less of us. How often we learn that lesson. So we come into this worship place, this place of worship today, this place where we look for you, this place where we search for you, this place where we find you. God, I think it's the honest prayer of all of our hearts today, God, that you would just make yourself so real and so evident that we can just reach out and know that you're there again and again. So God, thank you for a song that reminds us that your love tears down walls and builds bridges and just awakens this thing in our heart. And thank you for this song that we just sang to that helps us know that um, we're made to just follow after you and be a blessing to each other, um, this theme of this day. So um, pray God this uh, kind of this theme over this day of as we reach out to you and uh, reach out to each other, pray God that you'd help us remind us again Um, Just remind us again of your great commandment in Matthew 22. It's so simple and we get in the way of it so often, God, to um, just put you first and be a blessing to each other. So uh, if that's the big reminder for today, if we walk away with that today, I think we've got done a pretty good job in, in coming into your presence. So Lord, bless us today as we continue to worship. We love you. It's in your name. We all pray and say. Yeah. Amen. Glad you're here, everybody. I'm Billy. I'm the worship pastor. Super glad you've decided to make Hope Vale your stop today, this morning, if it's your home or even if it's not your home. So thanks for being here. Hey, we do this thing called the meet and greet. Be nice to introverts. Say say hi to somebody around you. We'll see you back in a second. Thanks. Well, good morning, Hope Vale. Billy's right. It is good to be together. My name is Paul. I am one of the pastors here. And if you are new, we want to extend a special welcome to you if you're visiting today and have a favor to ask of you, actually. As you walked in this morning, you were probably handed a bulletin or a program, and the bottom part of that program is a little tear-off card that we would love for you to take some time even right now to fill that out. You can drop it in the offering plate in just a moment. Or as you leave today, even better, you can stop by our welcome desk and turn the form in there. There are some folks from our team that would love to give you a gift, welcome you, answer any questions you might have about Hopevale. Really, we just want you to know that we're glad you chose to be with us today, so thanks. So I got a text this past week from Dan Davis. Those of you who are new don't know that name, right? Dan is our senior pastor, and he's been on sabbatical this summer. But he texted me on Friday, and he said he misses everyone. Uh, yeah, well, so don't clap unless you think you're a part of that everyone, right? So, uh, but he wanted me to let you know he's looking forward to reconnecting with us in a couple weeks, so I just wanted to pass that message along to all of you. And I also want to let you know that this past Friday, just a couple days ago, we had a, a missions team from Hopevale that took off for the DR, for a little village called Guaymate in the DR, and you may or may not be aware that we have been sending resources, Hopevale has been sending resources and people to this village for eight or nine years now. I think back in 2011 was the first year that we sent a team. And back in 2011, this village had one small little grade school with 100 students. And over the years, we have continued to invest and partner with some folks on the ground in this village, down in the DR, and this team that you see on the screen uh, headed out there on Friday. They are completing the work for a new high school. So we have expanded from a grade school to pre-K all the way through to 12th grade. And as I said, back in 2011 when we first went, about 100 kids in the grade school. This year, I'm told, enrollment will be up over 600 pre-K through 12th grade. So that's awesome. So the team is down there this week, and they are going to be completing, putting some last touches on the science wing of the high school and training the teachers with technology and other things that we have donated. This church has donated. You have donated through your giving. So I just wanted to make you aware of that in case you didn't know about the global footprint of what you do when you give here at Hopevale. The ushers are going to come forward now and receive our morning offering. And as they do that, as they prepare to receive the offering, I want to read to you part of an email that I got from Jim Clooney. Jim is our facilities director here at Hopevale, and I emailed him earlier this week and said, tell me why you're excited about going to the DR. 
And here's, what, here's part of what he had to say. And this is for everyone who has participated in the ministry of Hopevale through your giving over these past several years. Here's what Jim says. Well, he says a lot. And then he says, sorry for rambling on, but I get excited when I start thinking of what is happening in Guaymate. Not only that, but when I think of how many people from Hopevale have gone in the past and come back with stories of how God has changed their hearts for the people of this world that are less fortunate than we are. It's truly amazing. They also tell of how they have been drawn to a closer walk with God as they have encountered his Holy Spirit in a new and fresh way. It is awesome to be a part of this spiritual adventure with people and to see firsthand how God continues to change lives. Would you pray for us? Many hours and many resources have been invested by our team and by many of you to make this a successful trip. Please pray for his will to be done. Let's pray for them right now. God, we come before you today as a church family, and first and foremost, we want to celebrate the work you've been doing down in the DR, and we are grateful for the way you have chosen to use this church to partner with you in your work around the world. So we pray for our team that is down there this week, pray for safety, pray for um, strength and energy as they finish up construction of the science wing of the high school as they train the teachers and how to use this new technology that we have brought down there as they prepare to be used by you to change the lives of students of children in the dr god it is our privilege to partner with you in this and so as you you receive our offering today lord we just thank you for the opportunity that you give us to be with you in what you're doing, both here and around the world. We love you, Lord. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Hey, everybody. I want to introduce you to a good friend of mine. To my right uh, is this guy named Christopher Williams. Can you give him a Hopevale welcome, please? Christopher's in his 25th year of being a singer-songwriter and is from Nashville, Tennessee. And he, uh, we became friends probably 10, 11 years ago in, when my wife and I lived in New England and he did too. And um, he's been touring around all over the place and does over 100 shows a year and has a great time doing it and helping people uh, just kind of go to the deep and go to great, deep, great places. He's got some CDs for sale today uh, and they are, uh, we will remember is his latest record. And um, that's what you say when you're in the industry. You say record because people talk about records. So, and then this uh, gathers uh, the picture you see up there. Um, he's going to sing the title track from this at the end of the service. Uh, and you're going to love it. It's a great song. And uh, he's got that album here today, too. And uh, so he's here visiting today. And he's going to do a concert tonight. You probably heard about it last week if you were here. Tonight, Sunday, uh, this Sunday, 6 o'clock uh, this evening, come on back right here to these seats. It's a free program. We'll take an offering to help support his ministry, and uh, that'll be great. So I uh, really hope uh, you enjoy Christopher's ministry with us as he's with us today. Very special for Hopevale uh, to have us. He even he, He's like, hey, Billy, how many CDs should I bring? I'm like, I have no idea. I've never done this before here at Hopevale. You're a guinea pig for me. So, like, just bring a bunch. We'll see how many. We'll see if people like you and if they want to support your ministry. So... We'll find out. I don't know. Awesome. So his wife is here and his son. And that straight out these doors, just to your right, it's the uh, info desk area. He's got some CDs and some merch and stuff set up. So it's great to have him. So you guys are going to be really inspired by him today. I promise you. <laughs> so um, uh, it's a great day to be here for worship. And today's theme, uh, really these two records he was telling me too, kind of talks about this theme of being here for each other. And uh, Pastor Sam's going to preach in just a little bit a sermon about being here for each other and uh, how God, how we kind of need to work our relationship out with God and some things with, uh, I won't give, give, the, give the whole thing away, but it's, it's just a great, great theme of today. So if we're capturing all that today already, if you've been, been able to kind of see through that. So glad you're here. We'll continue in worship. Um, go ahead and stand. We're going to sing this song, Resurrection Power, that we sang last week. It seemed to be a big hit. Let's worship. Thank you. 
from the grave by name You call me out of all my shame I see the oldest past away The new has come Now I have resurrection song of our faith. We sing it on Easter. Sing this out. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation I turned to heaven and spoke your name into Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished. 
Your buried body 
God, thank you so much for the uh, honor to be able to come and sing the story of our faith today. I know we, as a church, we get so lit up when we just hear it again. Uh, It's so powerful to hear what you've done for us, Lord Jesus, through your life, uh, your your death, and your resurrection. And uh, may we celebrate the mystery of the cross continually as we live. Speak to us, Lord, we pray, as Pastor Sam comes to uh, share with us what it means to live uh, deeper for you and to live better for ourselves so that we can live better for you and better for each other. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray and say, uh, amen. God bless you guys. What a sweet time of worship. Have a seat. again. I'm Sam. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. What an awesome time worshiping together this morning. I mean, just I was sitting back there waiting to come on and I'm listening. I'm going, oh my goodness. That was amazing to hear you guys sing to our God. What an awesome morning. Well, I want to give us a little update real quick. Normally, this is the time of our service where we say, hey, what's up to Bay City? But today out at Hopefield Bay City, they are actually doing a baptism service and it's going to be really exciting. They're going to be in the parking lot of Christy McCall's Middle School, and they're going to be baptizing people. And so we are celebrating with them today. Super excited for them. Just want to give you a little heads up on what's going on out at Bay City. Well, we are in the middle of this five-week series called Plot Twists. And it is all about little things in our lives that can take root and grow and shift our stories for good or for bad. Week one, we talked about the plot twist of pride. And how if we're not careful, pride can paralyze us and it can actually hurt those around us. So we need to live out of a place of humility. We said that, you know, God doesn't help those who help themselves. God helps those who humble themselves. So we want to avoid pride at all costs in our lives. Last week we looked at this plot twist of freedom. And we saw that Jesus came so that we might have eternal life and eternal freedom because of his death and resurrection. And I asked the question, if Jesus came to set us free, then why do we run back to things that enslave us or others around us. And my prayer all week has been that you would experience the freedom that Jesus has for you and that you would break free of the chains that bind you and that keep you and others from experiencing that freedom in Christ. So hopefully this week you were able to just experience this amazing amount of freedom that Christ gives you. Well, this morning I want us to zero in to the plot twist of isolation. Isolation. Isolation is defined this way. Check this out. It's uh, to cause to be or remain alone or apart from others, to be cut off from something or someone else. That's what isolation is. Now, now here's the deal. You may or may not be aware of this, but in 2019, we live in a time where we have more ways to connect and be connected than any other generation that has stepped foot here on planet Earth. I mean, just think about it. Most of us have these things in our pockets or our purses, right? Our cell phones. And this allows us to call, text, FaceTime, Skype, tweet, share photos on Instagram, get on Facebook, connect on Slack or whatever other app that you choose to be on. I mean, today is my mom's birthday, so later on I'm going to get a chance to FaceTime her, which years ago that wouldn't have been an option. And my parents used to live in California, now they live in Indiana, and so now I'm going to be able to see my mom face to face until her happy birthday. I hope I remembered to do that. Um, We literally have the world at our fingertips. You know, I was trying to explain this in a message to our our middle schoolers this past year. And and the reason I was doing that was because they just can't even imagine a world where none of this exists. They've always had the internet. People have always had smartphones in their pockets. We've always had social media. They're like, That didn't exist before, but I think a lot of us in the room here this morning can remember a time when none of that existed. I mean, do you remember like being out and you had to call home 
and you had to go find one of those boxes that you put a quarter in, a payphone, and you had to actually know your own phone number, and you had to like press the little buttons in, physical buttons, and call. Or like me when I was in college, I had to have a little calling card that I would call home with. And some of you remember even before that to the rotary phones where you had to like press the thing and like go all the way back. There was this funny video on YouTube where they tried to take teenagers and they do a rotary phone and they're like, it took them like three minutes to try to figure out how to even do the dial tone thing. It was hilarious. Some of you are like, I remember before that, I remember when you had to call the operator and tell them like, this is the number I want to call and they had to connect you. And everything always had to be connected into a wall or into an actual physical line, right? But now... We have it all in our pockets. We're walking around, and we don't even have to know phone numbers. We don't have to dial a phone number. All we have to do is ask Siri or Google to call somebody, and they do. Let me check it out. Hey, Siri, call my wife. Calling Sarah. Okay, don't really do that. Um, That that won't won't work. Okay. um, And not to leave this out or forget this, social media gives us access to people that we never dreamed we would have access to. I mean, you can actually carry on a conversation with a celebrity on Twitter now. It is amazing how connected to everyone we really can be. We have more friends and follows on social media than we know what to do with. We have more ways to connect than we ever have. But, but, the research is showing us that we are more isolated and more lonely than ever. We have more ways to connect than ever, but we're more isolated than ever. Anxiety is on the rise. Depression is on the rise. Teen suicide is at an all-time high. Isolation and loneliness is a big problem. Oh, we know more about people than we ever have, like what they eat, where they go on vacation, what they just bought at Target yesterday. We know more about people, but we know people less. We have traded intimacy for information. And I'm going to unpack this statement a little later. I know that's a really big statement, but it's true. We have traded intimacy for information. And it's easy to point the finger at this, right? It's easy to blame the technology, say it's our phone's fault or it's social media's fault. But the truth is this, it really isn't. It really isn't. Technology is just a tool. Social media is a tool. It can highlight and amplify negative things, that's true, but but it can also highlight and amplify very positive and, and beautiful things too. They don't cause us to be isolated and lonely. They're just a tool that makes it a whole lot easier. See, isolation, it isn't a technology problem. It isn't even a this generation's problem, nor is it a new problem. Isolation is a tale-as-old-as-time human being problem. In fact, isolation and loneliness has been around as long as human beings have existed. In the creation story in the Bible, God creates the world, and then he creates the first human, Adam. The, the The Hebrew word Adam literally means man. And so he creates this first man, and he places this man in this beautiful garden he has created for him, and God smiles at his creation. But God's smile soon turns to concern, as he watches that man interact with the creation around him. This man is created in God's image, we're told. But there's a part of God's image that's incomplete in him. I mean, let's look at, look at what God says as he's looking out at this man. It says, the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. That's God's commentary as he's looking out at this creation and looking at this man. Right there in the beginning, something was missing. A part of the image of God was incomplete in this man. And that part was community. Community. See, God is in complete community with himself. And that is a really difficult thing to unpack this morning. I don't have time to do that. But Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they're all in community with each other. And that's, that's the, the thing here. As God looks out, he says, there's something missing here. And in order for the man to be fully complete in God's image, he needs community as well. And so God's image is then completed when woman is created and community is finally complete. And God says, man, that is very good. See, it's not good for the man to be alone. Isolation is not good. 
according to God. And I want to be clear here because at other points in Scripture, as you read it, you, you see that um, Scripture puts a positive spin on this thing called solitude. And I just want to be clear about the fact that there's a big difference between isolation and solitude. See, isolation is this disconnection, this cutting off of everyone and everything. It's saying, no, I, I'm, no, I don't need anything else. I don't need anybody else. But solitude is, is a, an on-purpose disconnecting so that you can connect with God. Isolation actually starves our souls, but solitude, that replenishes our souls. So I wanted to be clear about that. There is a time that you can say, I need to be alone to connect with God or just to connect with, you know, myself and be like, ah, you know, so all you introverts in here, you, you're okay, okay? <laughs> you're like, I just need my alone time. My wife would say that too. But isolation is something different. Isolation is a complete cutting off and disconnecting from everything and everyone else. Isolation has been a human problem from the beginning that God said it's not good. Look at what Proverbs 18.1 says, and I love how it says it in the, the English Standard Version. It says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. See, isolation goes against sound judgment. Sound judgment says we need connection. We need something, you know, to be able to connect with other people. Isolation when we do that, goes against that sound judgment. And I don't think anybody sets out in this life and says, you know what I want? I want to be lonely. I want isolation. You know, we, we may end up there, but I don't think anyone sets out there. I think isolation happens to us because of circumstances in our life, or we end up isolating ourselves as a way of protection or control over a situation so we don't have to feel a certain way because we've been hurt by someone else. But no matter how you slice it, it's not good. God says isolation, loneliness is not a good thing. Why? Because we were created for connection. We were created for connection both with God and with each other. See, isolation actually fights against the image of God inside of us. God created you and me for connection. He actually created us for this word that usually very, very stereotypically makes men feel uncomfortable and makes middle schoolers kind of giggle. And it's this word here, God created us for intimacy. Intimacy. And here's what intimacy is, just so we're all on the same page, okay? Intimacy is fully knowing and being fully known without fear of rejection. That's what intimacy is. It's fully knowing someone else and being fully known without the fear of rejection. And every single one of us was created for this. And here's the truth. Isolation is the enemy of intimacy. Isolation is the enemy of intimacy because isolation puts up a wall and a barrier, either consciously or subconsciously, that, that doesn't allow others to know us at a soul level. Or it doesn't allow us to know others at a soul level. And usually the reason is because of fear of rejection. I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to reject you, so I'm going to put this wall up and I'm going to isolate myself. And this is why social media can become a tool that can quickly isolate us because social media, when used as an intimacy replacement, most of the time only allows us to know information about someone that they want us to know. And sometimes it's not even true information. It's just information that's out there. And once we begin to trade intimacy for information, we begin down this road of isolation. And if you were to ask any teenager in the room or even out there, if you ask any teenager, what's the biggest fear they have about social media? You know what it, they would tell you? It's some form of bullying on social media. The dreaded comment section. It's not getting enough likes on their pictures or posts. Ultimately, what they're saying is their biggest fear is rejection. It's rejection. See, it's not about the technology. It's not even about the tool. It's about awareness to what isolation is and what it can do to us. Isolation is the enemy of intimacy, one of the very things that we were created for. Not only is it the enemy of intimacy, isolation is also the enemy of influence. It's the enemy of, of influence. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn it to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, that's where we're going to be in the scriptures this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you have a physical one, it's right after the book of Romans, right before 2 Corinthians. 
Um, if you have a, a digital one, just scroll down, find 1 Corinthians, go to chapter 12, or you can follow along on the Hopevale app in the message notes. 1 Corinthians is a letter written by the Apostle Paul, and he's written it to a church that he actually started. And this, the, the tone of the letter is like a dad with kids that have messed up. And so the, the Corinthian church has kind of you know, gone their own way. They've kind of gotten some stuff off about what it means to follow Jesus. And Paul has to correct them a lot about some of these things. He gets to chapter 11 and 12, and he starts using this metaphor about the church. Um, he's, he's calling it the body of Christ. And he starts talking about you know, this body of Christ has all kinds of parts in it. It's got a head, it's got eyes, it's got fingers, it's got toes, it's got a heart, it's got all this stuff. That, that, and we're all this body of Christ. And he's using that as this metaphor. And then he gets to verse 21, and look what he says. And if you've got, like, if you have a physical Bible and you've got a pencil or a pen or something, you're ready to underline and circle some things because this is so important. Or maybe on, on the digital version, just use the highlight option or whatever. Look what he says, verse 21. He says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. I underline in my Bible, I don't need you, because I think that's a very important part here. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable, we tr are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have, and I underline this, these two words, equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Look at verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Each one of you is a part of it. We are created for connection with each other in the body of Christ in the church. And that connection creates influence. We are all the body of Christ according to to Paul. And as a follower of Jesus, none of us can ever say, you know what, I don't need you. We can't say that to each other. We all need all of us. The mantra of the disconnected and the mantra of the isolated is, I don't need you. I don't need you. I can do it by myself. But what Paul is trying to get across to us is this, we are better together. We're better together and that we as the church of Jesus can have way more impact and way more influence if we would recognize how much we need each other. We need each other. Here's what I want you to do. Turn to the person next to you and in the most non-creepy way you possibly can, just say, I need you. Okay, can you do that? Go. <laughs> we all need all of us. That's Paul, what he's trying to say here. We need each other to influence the world for Christ. But isn't it so easy to just say, I don't need you? Isn't it easier just to do stuff by ourselves, kind of do this faith thing by ourselves? I mean, yeah, sometimes it feels like it is. But it's also lonelier. It's isolated. And it doesn't make a, a, as big of a splash or impact as doing things together does. And it goes against how God actually created us and the image of God inside of us. And it actually goes against what it means to be the church, the body of Christ. We can never say, I don't need you. In fact, we should say, I need you. We all need each other. Isolation is not only the enemy of intimacy. Isolation is the enemy of influence for the church. We were created for connection, not isolation. We were created for connection, not isolation. So, so here's the question, what do we do? How can we keep ourselves from isolation? Or, or if we find ourselves in the middle of it, how can we get back to what we were created for, this, this idea of connection? Well, I, I don't have a prescriptive, you know, take two of these and call me in the morning kind of solution. Um, but I do have some suggestions that I think might put us back on the right track of connecting with one another. But the bottom line is this. The bottom line is this. If we're going to be connected and we're going to do that, we're going to have to put in some hard work because it's so easy to go the opposite way. It's so easy to be disconnected and isolated. So, so here's some, some suggestions, okay? First one is this. 
Ask more questions, give less opinions. Ask more questions, give less opinions. A lot of the research I've done suggests that human beings have actually changed and morphed in their conversation skills over the past two or so decades. And let's just be honest, most of this change is attributed to our addiction to our devices. Um, but this is what the research says. They say that our conversations have morphed from two-way dialogue to more of a one-on-one -on -one monologue at each other. Basically saying this, we listen less and we spout more. It's just the way it goes nowadays. I mean, all you have to do is, uh, to see this in action is hang out with a few middle schoolers for like 15 minutes. And it becomes glaringly obvious. I had the uh, last Sunday night, I was transporting my middle school son, Nick, and his friends from youth group back home. And I got a front row, literal front row seat to this. They were just talking at each other. There wasn't a question from them to each other at all. I mean, in fact, there wasn't even a single thread of a conversation. There wasn't even a point to the conversation. They were just literally yelling internet memes at each other. And I'm thinking to myself, what in the world? They were talking at each other and over each other about anything and everything, even, even if it had nothing to do with the person that just said whatever they said. And so I dropped off his friends, and I looked at my son, Nick, and I'm like, Nick, is that the way you always talk to each other? He goes, yep. <laughs> and let's just be real here for a moment. It isn't just them. It isn't just them. I mean, have you ever watched a sports talk show? <laughs> In this day and age, we are quick to share our opinions and slow to ask questions. And what we know is this, opinions tend to divide us. But questions, they can connect us. In his book, The, the 360 Degree Leader, author and leadership guru John Maxwell says it like this. He says, look to be impressed, not impressive. We can only look to be impressed if we're asking questions and taking time to listen and dialogue with one another. James, in, in his book of the Bible, James 1.19 says this, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. When we ask questions, we put others first, and then a connection can be made. So ask more questions, give less opinions. It's hard, but try it. See, my second suggestion is this, leverage your disconnections into connections. Leverage your disconnections into connections. It's easy to point the finger at our technology and our devices, like we said, and, and, and make them the enemy and say it's their fault, but it, it's not the fault of the tool. It's us, right? We use the tools that we've created to further disconnect and isolate us from others. But what if? What if we were able to use the tools that seem to disconnect us and actually use them to connect us? What if instead of like scrolling through your Facebook just to get the highlights of what's out there and get the, you know, 411 dump on what, you know, who of your friends is doing what at this very moment, what if you actually took the time to engage them? I mean, what if you actually started a conversation with them by asking a question instead of making a statement? What if our social media was actually social? What if we could leverage our social media to be more of a dialogue than just a monologue or what we ate. Here's another suggestion. Parents of preteens and middle schoolers, maybe even of little kids, um, what if you downloaded your son or daughter's favorite game on your phone that they have on their device? Now, you might ask them first, okay, because you're going to be encroaching on their space a little bit by doing this, but what if you downloaded that and, and you know, every once in a while decided to try to play it with them? You may be terrible at it, okay? Just going <laughs> to give you that. Um, it may actually take you a fortnight to figure out Fortnite, um, but it might be a, a way to connect with them in something that could have the potential to disconnect with them. I play Minecraft with my kids, um, and we all sit on our devices in our living room, and we all go on the same server, and we build stuff, and I'm still trying to figure out how to keep my daughter from putting cats in the houses that I build, um, but they love it. At least that's what they tell me to my face. Um, but I, it's a way for me to go, hey, okay, this seems really disconnected. How can I jump in and how can I connect them together using the very thing that could disconnect them? So leverage your disconnections into connections. Try that. Third suggestion, practice the art of presence. Practice the art of presence. If you're with a group of people or with another person, be with them. It sounds so simple, right? It's so easy, though, to be out with a group of people or even just another person and not be present with them. We just grab our phones or our devices, our heads go down, and our social walls go up, right? 
This is how you can be in a crowd of people and still feel isolated and feel lonely. You know, I was at Taco Bell in the drive-thru the other uh, few weeks ago. And uh, as, I, as I was waiting for my food at the window, I, I glanced over and I noticed the sign on their window. Maybe you've seen this sign. It's hilarious. The sign reads, free Wi-Fi. Also try conversations. They're free too. <laughs> Taco Bell gets it, right? They get it. Try talking to each other. Be present in the moment. You know, a discipline I've been trying to do, and I, I definitely haven't perfected it. It is a long process for me. I, I know this. It's to try to not take my phone out when I'm talking to somebody else at a lunch or dinner or a meeting or any other social setting. No matter how tempting it is to look and no matter how many times it's going off, unless it's my phone calling 911 or my wife. And, you know, especially if I'm with my wife at a date night, you know, that's a, a mood killer. Like, take the phone out. And, uh, I really have been trying. Like, I've got to keep that away. Connect. Eye contact, you know. It's not easy for sure, but it has helped me feel more present in those conversations. At our summer FX that we did with our families uh, about you know, three weeks ago, we had tables in here and families connecting around tables. And one of the things we did was we put a box on that table and said, hey, families, put your devices in the box so that, uh, and keep them there all throughout the night so that you can connect with your family eye to eye. And I thought that was a brilliant suggestion of having families connecting with each other and being present. So the next time you're with someone, ask yourself, am I trying to be the most present I can here in this moment? Practice the art of presence. That's the suggestion. Another one is this. Value vulnerability. Value vulnerability. Of all the suggestions, this one can be probably the toughest because vulnerability can sometimes be read as weakness, right? And for a lot of us, we don't like weakness. We're like, mm, no, 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 don't want to go there. But we need to remember what the Apostle Paul's words were when he said in 2 Corinthians, when I am weak, then I am strong. Weakness is not a bad word. Vulnerability is not a bad word. In fact, if you don't like the word vulnerability, use the word openness, okay? Because that's really what we're talking about here. We're talking about being open and honest about who we really are to others. See, there's a direct correlation between how open you are and how connected you feel with others. One of the biggest issues when I do marital counseling is that couples don't feel connected to each other. And usually the lack of connection can be traced back to a lack of openness and a lack of vulnerability. They say things like this, well, they just won't open up. Or they just feel distant. Or it's like I don't even know them anymore. Or it feels like there's this wall that's up between us. That distance, that wall, that lack of, of knowing one another. That is a lack of intimacy that is created by a lack of vulnerability. Vulnerability creates intimacy. And intimacy leads to connection. So if you want to feel more connected with others, and if you want to connect more with others, be more open. Value vulnerability. And then my final suggestion is this. Find a group. Find a group. Here at Hopeville, we are always looking for ways to help you get better connected to one another. We believe that life is done best together. And so we want to help you in the process of getting connected to one another. There are actually several groups to pick from to get connected to others here at Hopeville. So here's how you would do this really easily. If you were to, to go online and you were to navigate to hopeville.org and click on the ministries right here on our website... And if you hover over it, it brings down the adults, or you can click on adults. And you go to the adult page, there's actually a bunch of different groups. There's five different categories of groups that you can, um, can, can be a part of and, and you know, explore to get involved in what we call group life. Those groups are this, community groups, interest groups, serving groups, study groups, and support groups. All of these make up what we call group life here at Hopeville. And so if you actually went to that website and you clicked on find a group, and you went on that link, it will take you to our Find a Group Hub, which has all of these different types of groups in it, but there are 13 pages worth of groups that you can search through, and you can click on, and you say, you know what, I'm interested in this one, I'm interested in this one, and you can get connected there and find your fit here at Hopeville. And it's even easier if you have the Hopeville app. And if you're like, I don't know how to get the Hopeville app, go to your app store, find Hopeville Church app, and download it. And when you get to that app, all you have to do is you click on it, and it will pop up a screen with a bunch of different boxes on it. One of them is watch a sermon. One of them is 
uh, message notes, if you're following along, you already did that. The fourth one down here on the right with all these little head things on it, that's find a group. You just click on that and it actually takes you right to the find a group hub with all those 13 pages on it. And if you're not internet savvy, you're like, that seems super complicated, Sam. You can actually visit our welcome center right after the service and they would love to help you get connected. And they would love to help you find a group. Or you can talk to Shannon Rambler, our group life director, and she would love to talk with you about how you can get more connected here at Hopevale through group life. Find a group. That's a great way to begin getting connected. Ask more questions. Give less opinions. Leverage your disconnections into connections. Practice the art of presence. Value vulnerability. And find a group. I mean, what could happen? Just think about this for a second. What could happen if we decided to put in the hard work of connecting with one another? What if instead of running to isolation, we embraced intimacy? And think of the influence that we could have for Jesus and the cause of his kingdom here on earth if we were less isolated and we were more connected. We need each other. You are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. That's why we gather together here. It's why we do life together. We were created for the plot twist of connection and not isolation. Let's pray together. God, we, um, we thank you for this, this weird but necessary concept called the body of Christ. God, sometimes it feels so much easier to do life by ourselves, do things by ourselves, and it's so easy to isolate and run. But God, that's not what we were created for. In fact, you said, man, that's not good. It's not good for the man to be alone. So God, may we run from the tendency to be pulled towards isolation, and may we run more for connection. It's what our heart longs for. It's what we need. May we be able to look at each other in the church and say, you know what, I need you. We need each other. God, may we not be scared of intimacy, but run towards it. May we, may we connect with one another and realize that together we can influence greater than we can by ourselves. God, help us realize and do the hard work of connecting with one another. Help us realize that we were created for connection both with you and for each other. God, thank you for your word as a reminder of that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. It's a gift to be with you uh, this morning, and, and uh, I hope you'll come join, uh, join us tonight, uh, share some songs and some stories. And man, the, everything you just said is like, right in my wheelhouse of what I'm going to talk about tonight, probably. I love community. It's a beautiful, messy, unbelievable thing that we need. And I, had, I heard a pastor say, very similar to something that you said, Sam, of uh, presence is where the life of God is lived. And not presence as in unwrapping presence, but the presence that Sam was talking about. And presence is the life... Uh, Presence is where the life of God is lived. And if you think about Jesus, he was present with every single person that he came into contact with. And one of my favorite stories of that is in Mark 6. And the disciples were freaking out on the boat. They were trying to get across the lake, and it didn't work. And he came across, and, and uh, it was near dawn. And, and they were equally freaked out because there's Jesus walking on the water. And he said, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. I think we go to isolation when we're afraid, and what a beautiful gift it is to have community, to speak truth into one another, and to give courage to be present with one another, the way Jesus did. To be known, to feel safe. To be honest and unafraid To leave the past running to hope To find together you're not alone I need you You need me This is why we gather 
This is why we gather To remember why we matter This is why we gather To share our story Silence the noise To hear the wisdom And the tremble of a voice To carry healing For all the scars To know one more Than our broken hearts I need you You need me Oh This is why we gather This is why we to remember why we matter This is why we gather When we help each other Fight the fear Be present with one another We'll find That's where the life of God is put this message together about a month ago and I'm starting to research it and then Chris has come in and I, I watched his video on that song and I was like oh my goodness this is the most amazing way to conclude this this message it kind of fits perfectly together I hope you'll come back tonight um, for the concert Chris is going to bless us uh, with his amazing music and we're I'm so excited about that um, but as you go from here why don't we stand together um, we're created to connect with each other we're not created to do life isolated. We're created to do life together. So as you go from here, I pray that you would run from isolation and run to connection. We need each other. Chris is going to be out in the lobby. He's got some t-shirts and CDs for sale if you want to stop by that. But as you go from here, please go connected in the love of Christ. You are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Thanks for being here.